the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We've preached on a lot of stuff around here. But as we have entered the times in which we're living, God has moved it on my heart to open up the book of Revelation, to take you through the whole book, and to not pull any punches. That's Pastor Michael Oxentanko. This is Reaching Your Heart. Today's message is entitled, The Seven Trumpets. We'll bring you the closing remarks on that. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Stay tuned at the end of today's broadcast. I'll have information on how you can attend the worship service in person if you would like. You can also attend anytime online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with the conclusion to The Seven Trumpets. Today's Reaching Your Heart. Friend, if you go to a church that tells you not to bother with the prophecies of the books of Daniel and Revelation, you need to get out of that church. You're in a church that is part of the problem in the last days if you don't care about all of God's Word. God didn't give us these things to trip us up. He gave us these things that lead us into glory. Christ will not come unless prophecy prepares the world with the apostolic gospel for the second coming of Jesus. Christ was absolutely clear that the book of Daniel has a special place in prophecy with the apostolic gospel, and together they go to the world. I'll, I'll show you, Matthew 24, 13 to 15. Now, Jesus is speaking here. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've been in the association of pastors in our own denomination who've come to me and said, why on earth are you preaching those beasts of Daniel? And why are you bothering with all that prophecy stuff of Revelation? And I turn to them, and I say, why are you disobedient to Jesus Christ? Who made you to pontificate what part of the Bible we are to preach or not? I believe in a whole Bible. Now, here at Reaching Hearts, we've had a whole series on the Gospel of John, on Luke, on themes of the Old Testament. We've preached on a lot of stuff around here. But as we have entered the times in which we're living... God has moved it on my heart to open up the book of Revelation, to take you through the whole book, and to not pull any punches. I believe it's time to be clear and not, not play around. And so I ask these ministers who come up with this foolishness for the end-time church of Christ, who are they to stand over the Bible and to pontificate what part of God's Word we are to take seriously as God's end-time people? I want to follow Jesus personally. And if the book of Revelation is the testimony of Jesus, I want his testimony. If Christ tells me to study the book of Daniel, I'm going to be studying the book of Daniel. Matthew 24, 13, Jesus is speaking here. The one who endures to the end will be saved. I like that. That's the gospel. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. Now, what does he say next? Look at verse 15. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by whom? 
by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place. Now he's quoting Daniel 11.31 very clearly. Let the reader understand. Christ says the book of Daniel is unsealed at the time of the end. And if you want a gospel experience that is not compromised in your life, you had better apply your spiritual interests to understand the book of Daniel. Now, you know, there's room to grow. We don't all have it together. God's people in community may go back and forth and challenge each other. But if we are in dialogue, praying for light within the church, loving each other as we strive for more, God will illumine the book of Daniel and the book's revelation to us. Christ agreed with the sixth trumpet that the gospel will go to the entire world when the book of Daniel is finally unsealed, when people can understand hearts will turn to God. We are living in a time when people can understand the prophecies if they want to. I just got a call from the radio from Loma Linda, California, a truck driver who heard the broadcast interacting with the 1260 years. And we spent 45 minutes on the phone Thursday. And it was a thrill to me to see the Word of God breaking the darkness down, opening up lives to light so that they can see God's Word and truth. We prayed together. He prayed for me. He's going to be praying for me. He's going to call me back. It's an exciting time we're living in. There are people in your neighborhood who want to know what's going on. If you have a right to know and you can't know, tell them. The book of Daniel has been open. It's time for the gospel to go to the world. Seven trumpets begin when Jesus moves from the golden altar before God in the holy place to the most holy place. There's a transition that's occurring in the trumpets. There's a transition from the outer court to the golden altar in the holy place and then finally to the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place. From the first trumpet to the sixth trumpet, that's where the action is at. It's in the holy place. But in the seventh trumpet, the action shifts to the most holy place. I mean, there's a movement we need to look at. In Revelation 8, 5, the text says that there are voices heard when Jesus comes to the golden altar in the holy place. In Revelation 9, 13, another voice, like the first, comes from the golden altar again with the command to release these four angels of the great river Euphrates at the end of a prophetic time prophecy. In the sixth trumpet, we are still in the holy place when all this happens. The first six trumpets describe Jesus ministering in the holy place The seventh trumpet describes God's ministry with Jesus in the most holy place. The four angels here are loosed and the book of Daniel is opened just before Jesus enters the most holy place to receive his kingdom. Now in the seventh trumpet, we find ourselves in the most holy places, as I have said, and it's really end time events we're looking at in the seventh trumpet. The disciples thought that Jesus would set up his kingdom and take over the Roman Empire. I mean, the expectation was early that he would finish off the Romans. It all come quickly. But Christ had to correct this error. Turn with me to Luke 19, verse 11, and then verse 12. In a single verse, he told them what's going on. And as they heard these things, his disciples, Jesus proceeded to tell a parable. Because he was near to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far-off country to receive a kingdom and then return. Now, in the parable, Jesus is the nobleman. The far-off country is heaven. And Christ leaves the earth to heaven for a very important reason. It's defined in the parable. He goes into that far-off country of God's land to receive his kingdom. And once he has received his kingdom, 
Then he returns. So there's no mystery as to why Christ left and went to heaven. It's defined here by the parable. Christ didn't go to heaven to just intercede for you and answer your prayers and to help you mope along through life with now a, a view for the end to rescue you from the end time events. No, he has a view for eschatology, the study of the end, in his departure. Jesus went to heaven to receive his kingdom in a future pre-advent judgment so he could return in the glory of that kingdom that is your future home and inheritance. When Christ receives his kingdom in that far-off country, he's coming back as soon as he gets it. I want him to get it. What about you? I want him to receive that kingdom as quick as he can because I want him to come back and I want to be a part of that future. The parable teaches that the kingdom will be given to Jesus in heaven just before the end comes. Jesus talked about this in John 14. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. That means to receive his kingdom. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come and receive you unto myself. Now, how many of you think there's a mansion for you right now? Based on that verse. That's incorrect. Huh, you say, don't throw tomatoes at the pastor, okay? Now listen up. He says, in my father's house are many rooms, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now how is there one for you if he has to prepare one for you? You see what's happening? There was no place for us unless Christ ascended to God. Unless he receives the kingdom from his father, then there's a place for us. We need a pre-advent judgment for Christ to receive the future, for the kingdom to be given to him. If we have Jesus, we have the future. That's true. But God doesn't have a room already made for you yet. The judgment is to secure the future. And Christ goes in our behalf as our great substitute into that pre-advent judgment to receive his kingdom from his Father. Christ didn't go to heaven just to play around. He went to heaven to get something for us. And when Christ receives his kingdom in that far-off country, He's coming back as soon as he gets it. The parable teaches that the kingdom will be given to Jesus in heaven just before the end comes. The book of Daniel describes the event that is the source of Jesus' parable. Just after the last four great world empires fall, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, symbolized by the fourth beast with ten horns, just before Jesus returns in Daniel 7, One like the Son of Man enters the most holy place in Daniel 7. He comes into the throne room of the universe where the Ark of the Covenant is at, which is God's throne. And he receives his kingdom from the Ancient of Days. That's what Jesus is talking about in that parable of Luke 19. Daniel 7, 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man. In the context, he's not coming to the earth. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. In the ancient Aramaic, it says he was carried in. Like a king who received a new dominion, he was carried in as royalty before the Ancient of Days. Verse 14, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. A nobleman went into a far-off country to receive his kingdom and then return. That's what's happening here. As soon as Jesus receives his kingdom from his Father, he's coming back in the glory of the kingdom to receive us. 
That's what the seventh trumpet is talking about. It describes the event in heaven when Jesus receives his kingdom inside the most holy place when the kingdom of the world at last becomes the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. There is a transition from the holy place in the sixth trumpet to the most holy place in the seventh trumpet for this reason. The seventh trumpet is Rosh Hashanah. How many of you know we just had Rosh Hashanah in our calendar here? A lot of our Jewish friends have celebrated that. I was on the metro coming back from the World Bank, and I got into a neat conversation with some wonderful Jewish people who love God, and they were talking about the importance of Rosh Hashanah, the blowing of the seventh trumpet, and I wanted to tell them about the real thing, about the book of Revelation's application, but I had to be careful. We need to be open in our dialogue, but careful. Beautiful people. The seventh trumpet is Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, that is symbolized by the new moon trumpet blast on the seventh month that ends the summer drought. It introduces the ten days of awe that came before the great day of atonement on the tenth day of the seventh month when the Jewish high priest entered the most holy place there to atone for God's people as the proxy for them in that judgment day. It is the Sabbath trumpet because it's the seventh trumpet. The ten days of awe point to a time after the Middle Ages when the church of Jesus Christ will become obedient at the end. They will keep all of God's Ten Commandments and have the faith of Jesus. The Day of Atonement comes at the end of the Ten Days of Awe that bring obedience back to the church after the Middle Ages. It represents a time of reformation and renewal. It represents the judgment in the most holy place in heaven where men and women look at that ark and they begin to obey what's written on those tables of stone and they have deeper faith in Jesus. On that day, the high priest, like the nobleman in the parable, went into the most holy place in behalf of God's people to secure the future year for the people of God. Revelation eleven fifteen. Take your Bibles. Let's turn to it and read the trumpet here. It describes Jesus' reception of the earth in that far-off country just before he comes. Right inside the most holy place, we have the picture here given. Verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. It's exactly the same picture as Daniel 7. It is a heavenly scene, not an earthly scene. Christ stands before the Father, and he has received his kingdom, a glorious event. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God. Verse 17 saying, We give thanks to thee, Lord God Almighty, who art and who wast, that thou hast taken thy great power and begun to reign. As Jesus is receiving his kingdom in the heavenly judgment, in the most holy place, before God's throne, in the seventh trumpet, the world spins out of control way down here. In time, events start hurrying fast. It's as if everything's falling apart as everything's being put together up there. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. In Revelation eleven eighteen, 18, it says the nations rage. 
And eventually God's wrath comes in the same verse, which is the mark of the beast imagery. In 1848, in a single year, the revolutions of Europe hit the old continent and the old order was smashed by end-time events. The rise of nationalism was a rejection of the medieval church-state era. It was a secular revolt against the past as a world in revolution followed one world war after another. World War I led to World War II. And the unfinished suppression of fascism that jumped to the Middle East led to the war on terror that we're living in today. The Bible says that during the days of the seventh trumpet, there's a judgment in heaven in behalf of God's people as everything is going crazy down here on earth. It starts with the righteous dead and it moves to the righteous living so God can reward them. Look at Revelation eleven 18. I've heard people say, maybe you have too, there's no need for a judgment of the righteous dead in heaven before Jesus comes. Have you ever heard that? Some in our church have started to say that. And I ask again the question, don't they read their Bible? Look at verse 18. The nations raged, but thy wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged. And then it tells us very clearly who it's talking about. For rewarding thy servants, the prophets and saints. Those who were faithful to God in the past, the time has come when Christ receives his kingdom in heaven to give them a reward. It says, and those who fear thy name, both small and great, it moves from the dead to those who fear, it moves from the dead to the living, both small and great, and to destroy those that destroy the earth. This is clearly a pre-advent judgment of the righteous dead in heaven to give them a reward. I mean, why would Christ go in that far-off country to receive his kingdom and not say anything about his people? You know, in Matthew 18, it says, The kingdom of God may be likened to a man who settled accounts with his servants. That's a pre-advent investigative judgment. Why? To give them their reward. Men and women who suffered for centuries will be vindicated by their substitute, their proxy substitute in this pre-advent judgment. And you know, Jesus told us what he's going to do. He comes before God where that holy law is at. And as he stands before God with his nail-pierced hands, the side that was driven with a spear, the marks of his wounds, you aren't there in Daniel 7. You're down here. The angels are there. The Father is there. And Jesus said this, The one who confesses my name, I will confess before my Father and the holy angels. One name at a time. As our great substitute in the judgment, as he was at the cross, he extends that victory into the judgment at the end of the age. He confesses our name from righteous Abel to the last name that will become a part of his kingdom. And he asks God the Father for each person by name based on the cross, and he receives his kingdom from the Father. And when that last name is given him, he comes in the glory of his Father, the glory of the kingdom, and we receive the kingdom. Friend, Jesus receives his kingdom in this pre-advent judgment, one name at a time. He confesses those who belong to him. If you'll confess his name, he'll confess yours. Revelation eleven eight says he comes to destroy the destroyers of the earth. We know it's the end when this occurs Friend, we are now living today in the last days because Jesus has moved from the golden altar in the holy place in the sixth trumpet into the most holy place in the seventh trumpet to receive his kingdom. Revelation 14, 6 says, The hour of God's judgment has come. Worship him and made heaven and earth the sea and the fountains of waters. Let me ask this question. 
Why has he moved to the place where the Ark of the Covenant is? Why has he gone in there? Now, Revelation eleven nineteen 19 is very clear. Look what it says. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of his Covenant was seen within his temple. Now, what room is the Ark of the Covenant in? Most, why did he go there in this judgment? It says there were flashes, lightning, voices. You see, the voices moved from the altar to the ark, from the holy place to the most holy place. There were voices, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Why is there this focus in the seventh trumpet on the most holy place and the ark of the covenant? Well, let's just ask ourselves the Einstein question. Okay, you ready? What's in the ark? Is that kind of a difficult thing to ask? What's in the ark? The Ten Commandments. Now, why would the world need to look at that before Jesus comes? We're living in an age when well-meaning Christians are actually saying that Ten Commandment law of God, which is right up there in the most holy place, in the Ark of the Covenant, that's seen at the time of the end, doesn't matter. It's been done away with, nailed to the cross, I think the reason it's being shown here is God is saying, yeah, that's what they're saying. This is what I'm saying. It does matter. Now, friend, we're not saved by that law, but that law has not been done away with because we are saved. The last truth for this world comes from the most holy place. That is where God's throne is at. That is where his law is at with ten commandments, including the seventh day Sabbath, which is the fourth commandment. The one that says, remember, it's there too. But more profoundly, that is where Jesus receives his kingdom one name at a time in the presence of the Father before the holy law of God that Lucifer rebelled against. He confesses our name before God in the presence of the constitution of the universe. The nobleman that went into that far off country all the way to God into the most holy place to receive his kingdom. That nobleman is our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. He will confess your name there if you call on his name right now. Friend, it's time to stop playing around with religion as if things aren't happening in heaven that will bring things to an end down here. It's time to stop that kind of talk. Heaven is astir today because Jesus is about to return in all his glory. The Jesus you need in life is coming from the most holy place. The Christ who died for you on the cross because God's law was broken by you is there to face it without you, for you, as your proxy in a judgment to receive the kingdom. Savior who remembered the thief on the cross will remember you too. If you say, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The seven trumpets are trumpets of salvation because a nobleman did in fact go into that far off country to receive his kingdom and then return for you. The most holy place has been opened and one day the Ark of the Covenant will come like a cosmic spaceship. The great God of the universe who sits on it will say it's time to leave this room and go to another far off country to get my children who love my son. With Christ at his right hand, he will move right through that door of the most holy place, out of the holy place through space and time. And there will be no obstacle for him as he comes to this earth with wheels of fire, as Ezekiel saw it, with wheels of fire, clouds of glory, four living creatures, innumerable angels, peals of thunder, and the sound of the trumpet like Mount Sinai. Christ is coming at the right hand of his Father to take us out of here to his Father's house. And the trumpet will sound. The seven trumpets are trumpets of salvation because they are opening the ear to the last trumpet of God, which is the voice of Jesus Christ. The trumpet will sound. And when the last trumpet sounds, time will be no more. 
Every heart that is ready will stay ready forever. The one who is just will be just still. The one who is wicked will remain so. And it's just then when Jesus appears that life really begins and it will never, ever end. The final feast in the seventh month is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is the celebration of the final harvest that opens the door to the future. A day of celebration that becomes a never-ending party of waving palm branches before God in the festal gathering, the celebration that we're out of the wilderness. Revelation 10, 5. And the angel whom I saw standing on sea and land lifted up his right hand to heaven. He swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven was in it, the earth was in it, and the sea what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God as he gospeled in the Greek to his servants, the prophets, should be fulfilled. Friend, the kingdom is coming because Jesus is coming. He's the king. Will you be ready in that day? The seventh trumpet is the Sabbath kingdom call to get ready to go home where life is sweet with rest, rest in Jesus. And pain is gone and where the joy of the morning is never-ending song. Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah, amen. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah, amen. Jesus is coming again. The trumpet call fills the air. Can you hear its sound? Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. That's going to conclude the message entitled The Seven Trumpets. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. It's available online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.